This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. अंग्रेज अपना लगान और न्यूज लॉन्ड्री अपना हफ्ता कभी नहीं छोड़ते वेलकम टू अनदर एपिसोड ऑफ एन एल हफ्ता वे रिकॉर्डिंग दिस ऑन द ट्वेंटी फर्स्ट ऑफ सेप्टेम्बर ऑन थर्सडे एट थ्री पी एम एंड न्यूज जस्ट कमिंग इन द इंडियन मिशन हैज सस्पेंडेड वीजाज टू कनेडियन सिटीजन्स वी शैल गेट इन टू दैट लेटर इन द डिस्कशन बट आई वुड लाइक टू इंट्रोड्यूस द पैनल मेक अ कपल ऑफ अनाउंसमेंट्स एंड देन गेट but a thank you first to all our subscribers who came and made the screening of the film on uh, ravish possible while we watched a film by vinay shukla we had a screening in delhi thank you so much for attending madhu was there uh, some of our subscribers got to meet her raghurai was there two very well known journalists of course ravish was there do subscribe to news laundry and you can be part of many such screenings events and of course you get all our stuff behind the paywall so thank you On that note, joining us in the studio, us kya? Main hi baitha hu and Manisha. Hello, Manisha yes. Pandey. Hello. Ravan Kripal is going to be on the charcha this week, so you will find him there. Yeah. Joining us online from Delhi is Seema Chishti. Hi, Seema. Hi. So good to be with you. Uh, many of you already know who Seema is, but because that is convention, we shall introduce her formally. She's a writer and journalist. She is the editor. Uh, with the wire uh, she's been in journalism for 3 decades she has reported and published on cultural change youth marginalization and minority issues and she was formerly with in delhi with the bbc and deputy editor at the indian express so welcome also joining us is our co-conspirator jeshri who is joining us from chennai hello 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 jeshri so um let's get the headlines and This was a news-heavy week, so I'm sure there's lots to discuss. So, Indian men's cricket team has have crushed their Sri Lankan counterparts crushed. by ten wickets in the Asia Cup final. They lift their eighth title after a gap of five years. So, this was on the back of a phenomenal bowling performance, right, Seema, by by one of our new yeah, bowlers, Mohammad Siraj. Yeah. And Ravi Shastri asked him after the match, "Kaun si biryani khai?" Oh, I'm what he say? Nothing, but it was like. What a strange question! You know, like the Muslim identity is like directly whether it is Sudhir doing it in another context. This whole biryani Muslim thing. Swiggy put out these figures of what is the most ordered meal. It's actually it biryani. So there's one thing that actually unites India. It's a biryani in its various forms. So it's even more tragic as to how something that is like vastly loved. Uh, is turned into this very sectarian and no i would also worry about it i'm a huge cricket nut uh, i'm a huge fan and it worries me if a senior cricketer finds uh, that to ask in 2023 but it can also i mean considering the negative connotations biryani is always put in with like so why is it a muslim thing that's what i'm saying it's 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 just a festive it's a thing. thing yeah for various reasons i'm sure but it really started with mr adwani in a Now, Sima, please tell us and our audience about this bill. The last delimitation we had was in two thousand and nine, and that was the first time we had the delimitation after nineteen seventy one. So, the way things go in India, delimitation is not just a ease. You know, it's not just accounting. It has an it has an impact. It gets influenced, and it in turn influences politics. And specifically, this time it is going to be very controversial because there is a fear that. a uh, delimitation would provide more seats for the north northern states rather than the southern mm. states thus making you know the southern states pretty much irrelevant when it comes to picking the government in the center there'll be a lot of acrimony and also it kind of uh, does not even it rewards states that have not been able to control their mm. population right. 
the whole reason why there was a bill brought in and seats were frozen till 2026 in 2000 when the Vajpayee government was in power was the assumption that our birth rates and growth rates will even out by then. I'm sure a lot of people's work has gone into it, but yeah. Does anyone give an idea of the the journey of wanting um, 33% reservation in all elected bodies in India? Well, I mean, it started off, it's true that it started off with Rajiv Gandhi, who under his government, you had a committee, a 14-member committee, Margaret Alva heading it, who basically first gave this proposal of having reservation for women in elected bodies. Then Narsimha Rao comes and uh, gives it to the rural elections, so Panchayati Raj. And then subsequently, we've had Devi Goda, I think, was the first prime minister who introduced it. He introduced it in 96. Yeah, he was the first one to introduce it. You know, D. Raja tweeted, the cause of women reservation in Lok Sabha and State Assembly was heralded by the CPI. CPI MP Geeta Mukherjee's struggle for women reservation made her name synonymous to the cause. But D. Raja, in in the very same speech, also said that we cannot... No single party can take credit for it. I think so. so yeah, it's a. Mo- I it's think it's accurate. The time. I mean, I guess right now we've been able to pass it because the time has come. The only real opposition to it throughout, and Seema would be able to elaborate on this would better would be OBC leaders, right? Mulayam, Sharad. Those are the ones. Yeah, I mean, Sharad Yadav with his famous kind of parkati comment. Hmm. Women with short hair, symbolizing the so there's been a very legitimate and a genuine kind of a fear amongst people who kind of argued for uh, uh, OBCs being pushed ahead and getting their due that gender was always used as an alternative kind of a sword brought into battle in order to cut cut back conversation about caste and social backwardness. Mahua Moitra interestingly pointed out that. Their party did not need this bill because... They have so many women. They have a third of their uh, representatives are women. Is that true? And if that is, that's, you know... It's remarkable. I think TMC had allotted 41% of its seats to women. I think TMC, BJD also a few years ago, right? BJD had said some 33% or 35%. There is one uh, political party in Tamil Nadu that has consistently for the past four years uh, allotted 50% of its tickets for women in elections. This is the non-Tamil Kachi. Uh, but on this issue of uh, reservation as opposed to an organic evolution into, you know... No, I don't think organic evolutions happen. We have had, what, 70, Amrit Kaal, 75 years. 84 women MPs we have in Lok Sabha. So that, it just doesn't happen organically. And it's a shame because women now make a huge difference with the votes they cast. They're a decisive factor in every election. We're 50-51%. Sometimes we're outnumbering men when it comes to voting turnout. Election after election, we've seen women are beating men when it comes to voting turnout. So I don't think organically kuch hoga. You have to enforce some kind of quota to get this to an optimal level because it's quite shameful right now, the representation. And the issue of whether an elite woman will take away the chances of a rural man in an electoral fight, I find that uh, I don't see that happening at all because when you... I will move on to Canada but not before the following announcements. The Monu Manesa documentary film uh, has been very well received. Thank you, all of you. Many of you have shared it, etc., etc. But I'm going to check out the last numbers, uh, how much we are behind on its cost. Uh, Six lakh was our goal. We are at four lakh ten thousand. Documentaries like this not only take time, energy, effort, but a great deal of risk. Uh, so if you expect people to go out, put themselves in harm's way, and come back with something, we have to be able to reward them. 
Uh, this is done in collaboration with some other filmmakers who don't even want the name put on the film. That's the risk it takes. Uh, so it would be great if you guys can top this fund up uh, so that we can commission more such investigative reports. Because if you were to go by what news tells you, they, you know, they they just focus on the guy whether he was carrying beef or was he carrying mutton or was he carrying uh, nutri nuggets. Whereas we focus on this is the guy, this is the support he has. And this camera actually accompanied him on his practice raids. Uh, so it would be great if you guys can support journalism such as this. Because we believe it matters and I believe so do you. So get out your debit credit cards or UPI or whatever else it is. The Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, said this in his parliament. And it led to all sorts of things which we shall come to. Today I'm rising to inform the House of an extremely serious matter. I just informed the leaders of the opposition directly that I want now to speak with all Canadians. Over the past number of weeks, Canadian security agencies have been actively pursuing credible allegations of a potential link between agents of the government of India and the killing of a Canadian citizen, Hardeep Singh Nijar. Canada is a rule of law country. The protection of our citizens and defense of our sovereignty are fundamental. And uh, how do the Canadian media react? Manisha can tell us. And then how a panel so, reacts, we shall get to know. The after. leader of the opposition first hmm. in Canada, uh, conservatives who are supposed to be now winning the next elections, they were uh, came and said that Trudeau should have given proof. He's not told us anything more than what he said on the floor of parliament. So this is a bit strange. And also pointed to the fact that uh, we've had credible intelligence of China uh, interfering in elections, China, you know, taking two of our citizens on hostage. We never made a public statement out of that. So what has happened, we don't know for Trudeau to make such a public statement. No one in Canada called uh, the leader of the opposition to Kritukure Gang for questioning their prime minister. And Washington Post, I think, had reported that um, Trudeau had pushed these countries to come out with a joint statement condemning India during the G20. But all of them, including the U.S., turned them down. And then you kind of contrast this with the poisoning of those two Russians in England in 2018. Uh, what was it? Sergei and somebody's script. So at the time, Russia was accused. It, did, it denied carrying it out. And then the, U, the U.S., U.K. and Canada were among like 20 countries that expelled over 100 Russian diplomats in response to the news. But in this case, I mean, Trudeau's allegations aren't seeing the same sort of impact. I'm just saying that a, a ridiculous accusation without evidence. Hmm. B, you know, expelling something. Then, of course, India has to expel someone in return. Yeah, yeah. But this cancelling of visas and saying that, oh, it has nothing to do with this. It's just, I think it is going to snowball into something that was easily avoidable. And Manisha's theory, of course, is that this guy needs uh, the support of the radicals, uh, Sikh, conservative party in Canada to survive. I mean, so it's not my theory. It's yeah. <laughs> a lot of analysts are saying. But, but not not because of sheer numbers of the population, because this 2% of the Sikh, uh, of the population is Sikh diaspora, of which maybe a handful of them are Khalistani. Whatever may be his internal compulsions, and of course he'll have, you know, he's on a different chessboard, he's managing his pawns and, uh, you know, various other pieces on the chessboard. But 
the whole idea of a security establishment in a G7 country is quite different from just the presidency or the prime ministership. Like we know how the CIA fought Trump or, you know, how the CIA was at odds with Kennedy. So there are all those things that there is a security establishment that has certain conclusions. And now I think it was it was put out by the Globe, Daily Mail and a couple of, and I think also the National Post in Canada, that uh, Trudeau was forced to say this, out this, not because he wanted to necessarily, but the... Is the current, you know, frostiness or anger or lack of trust between the two countries only restricted to these two issues? I don't think so. There's a very legitimate grouse that India harbors, which is that these guys like Nijjar, you know, he's seen in videos with AK-47, you know, training Sikh youths. He's accused in a bombing. He's been accused in multiple targeted killings. He's possibly has, and it's not, and forget the India aspect to it, even within Canada, he is part of this very complex gang plus Khalistani plus criminal syndicate which are involved in all sorts of things. So there are these actors who are carrying on whatever they're doing in Canada safely and India has a position that, listen, this can't go on. These guys can't be... I mean, which embassy would be okay with, uh, you know, having their own diplomats in a situation where, you know, their lives could be... Bas, for the full uncut podcast, subscribe to News Laundry and pay to keep news free. The best way to listen to the Hafta and indeed all our podcasts is through the News Laundry app. You can download the app by clicking on the links given in the show notes. So do download our app and get the best podcast experience. And also pay for news and support a new news media ecosystem that News Laundry is trying to encourage where we are accountable to you because we run on contributions that you make. We don't take government ads, we don't take corporations ads. So that news serves the public because when the public pays, the public is served. Subscribe to News Laundry, click on the link in the show notes below and proudly say, I pay to keep news free.